I'm Sam Dingman. And I'm Mac Montandon. And on our new podcast, The Rumor, we're trying to figure out if the Orioles faked a power outage in 1997. The answer involves Baseball Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr., Hollywood Hall of Famer Kevin Costner, and a renegade cop who goes by Mad Dog. We're going to try to unravel this mystery before this mystery unravels us. Listen to The Rumor on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sponsored by WinBet. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash we do it all. As always, I am your host, John. Very, very happy to be here. My boy over there in the six, Jay Hizzle. What's going on? Man, ready to talk about these uh, these Pistons with, with Lance, huh? Man, I'm ready to get into Detroit basketball. So, you know, we had to bring on a very, very special guest for Detroit basketball, man. This this might be one of the most exciting teams in the, in the offseason. So we couldn't just bring on any random guest, man. We had to bring on a well-educated guest, man. So, Lance, thank you very much for coming on here. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself, uh, say a little bit about yourself to the fans, talk about how you became a Pistons fan. So... First and foremost, thanks for having me on. Well-educated. Yeah, that's a good way to describe me. But, you know, there's some other guys out there that know a little bit more. But I'm happy to be here and talk about the Pistons. Um, Real quick, everybody can follow me on Twitter, at Lance Caparossi, um, or the Everything Pistons podcast as well. That's a podcast that I co-host with my friend Andrew. It's Everything Pistons on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm also working on another project called Everything Hoops where I just talk everything basketball. So I guess I'm a fan of just the game. But yeah, I'm excited. I became a Pistons fan, honestly, just naturally, man. I'm from the state of Michigan, and I grew up watching and playing basketball, fell in love with the going-to-work squad, Ben Wallace, the Afro, the defense, the gong every time he did anything. John Mason, when he would scream Detroit basketball at the games, like I fell in love with all of it. And yeah, I've been a Pistons fan ever since. Been some bad years though, for sure. So. <laughs> definitely been definitely been some bad years uh, to, to to get through, man. But once again, Lance, we just you know want to want to thank you, and uh, and we're really excited to get into this Pistons talk. So uh, if all that's out the way, man, I want to make sure that all the fans do go follow Lance on on this Twitter and make sure to follow Lance's pod. But if, if all that's out the way, you guys ready to get into this Pistons talk? Oh, absolutely, sure. Let's do this, man. So, Lance, the first question we like to ask all our fans here for these team interviews is, Lance, as a Pistons fan, are you content with the way the year went? So, I'm actually really content. I mean, the losing the losing sucked, I'm going to be honest with you. But we, it was a fun season because even though we knew they were tanking and we knew we weren't going to win anything, 
they were competitive losses. So they were actually very fun and exciting games because they really came down usually to the last couple of minutes. And you kept thinking, man, I don't want the Pistons to win because I really want that top pick because I know who's coming into the league. But this is fun because we're giving every other team in the NBA the business. And I'm very excited to watch all of that. So, yeah, I mean, 20 wins, nobody would be happy about that. But it was a competitive tank and the basketball gods blessed the Pistons with the number one pick. Oh, man. Yes, they did. So, you know, like like how you said, you know, the t- only 20 wins, 20 and 52, very, very frustrating. La- last place in the last place in the East. But, you know, Lance, it's it's all good, though, because, you know, there's there's only been three. There's only been three other Pistons teams that actually have a worse record than this, which was which was the 1994 Pistons, the 1966 and the 1980 Pistons. But li- like I was saying, Lance, it's OK, because. It's landed you the opportunity to get blessed with Detroit savior, Cade Cunningham. So that's exactly who I want to get into, Lance. So how do you feel about Cade? Is he Detroit savior? Like what, what's, what's up with Cade? So, man, I did this draft talk episode like a couple episodes ago. And I actually at the time talked myself out of Cade Cunningham because I was thinking there's no way we're being, we're going to get the number one pick. There's no way the Pistons get the number one overall pick. I was actually really high on Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Suggs, and Scotty Barnes. I thought we, the Pistons, would end up with one of those four players, but I'm so glad I was wrong. Cade Cunningham is the real deal. I, he, he, I mean, he can do everything on a basketball floor. It's incredible. I don't really like the Luka Doncic comparison, though, so much for him, but He's a legit scorer. He can pass the ball. He can play a variety of positions. James Edwards from The Athletic actually wrote an article where Dwayne Casey was saying we could potentially see Cade Cunningham at the four this season. And what he brings to a team is just, one, he's going to change the culture. He brings a winning attitude. He brings a team-first attitude. It's not all about the stats for him. It's all about his building a winning culture. And that's what we're getting in Detroit. So, yeah, I think he is 100% the savior and really he can play with about anybody on that roster. There's a little bit of, I have some questions about the fit between him and Killian Hayes, but they made it work in summer league. Cade played primarily off the ball. He was more of just a, um, a score. You didn't get to see so much of the facility, the facilitating aspect of his game, which kind of stinks, but Hey, we'll give him one year and see how it turns out. But yeah, to answer your question, I definitely think he's the savior for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, man, Lance. I actually have here on my notes. I, I wanted to uh, to to talk about this insane Luca comparison. Like, I think that's ridiculous. Like, that's a little bit too much, in my opinion. Like, I like Cade. I think he's a great player. I understand where they talk about Luca because you know a, a, a six uh, like a bigger guard, you know, six five and up guard. Uh, can can play like how you say can play the four, but also has those uh, those guard attributes. But you know, Lance, one question that one question that I do want to ask you know, so not Luca, if you could if you could give us a, like a comparison of a type of player that you, you think he will be, if you could give us a ceiling and then a floor of a player that you think Cade will be able to become in the NBA. So I know some Pistons fans are going to hate me saying this, but the floor would be Kyle Anderson for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's a guy that he's not extremely athletic, but he can still get by guys because of footwork, the way he dribbles the ball, the way he creates space, and he can do a little bit of everything. And I think that's the floor for Cade is a Kyle Anderson type player who's a nice player. He's not an all-star. He's not a superstar. He's not a franchise changer. He's just a guy that you can plug in 
and really just put him into any role on a team and he'll be successful. But I think that's the floor. And I mean, I don't expect Cade to be, I don't, I think he's going to be better than that. I, I really do. But if, I mean, he turns out to be like 12, four and four. Yeah. That's Kyle Anderson for sure. But the ceiling, in my opinion, I think he's more Paul Pierce than anything else. Like I don't like the Duke Luca um, Donson comparison. I've already said that. I think it's more Paul Pierce where he's a bigger body. He's a primary scorer with that secondary strength where he can facilitate and actually run the offenses in pinches. But more importantly, Kate is a guy just like Paul Pierce. When you need a bucket, whether it's at the end of the quarter, whatever quarter, he's going to go out and get it for you. And that's what I see in Cade Cunningham. So I'll say Paul Pierce is probably the biggest comparison for him. That's what okay. I see at least. Okay. Jay Hill, what about you? Uh, what are, what are some comparisons that, you know, you would, you would draw to Cade Cunningham in his game? Uh, for Cade, one, one person I see is, uh, I, I think, honestly, I think, I believe in the Luca comparisons right now, but, but, but ultimately I think media and, and a lot of fans, I think it's unfair for a player so early in his career to compare him to like a generational talent in Luca. But I see, you know, as a comparable, I mean, he's a big guard. Uh, he, we've seen the playmaking ability, like Lance said, uh, in college from him. We didn't get to see a lot of it in summer league. But, I mean, he, he can score when he wants to and he wants to be aggressive. So I see a lot of those similarities between Luca, but more rea- realistic. I think I could see him comparable to a guy like uh, DeJounte Murray, just in terms of his, his frame, um, you know, the, their size, you know, another big guard. Athletically, he's not really the same. But, I mean, as players develop in the league, you know, so does their athleticism and that kind of training as well. So those are kind of too early on. Uh, and then I really like that Kyle Anderson as well. So I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but that's a good comparison as well. Yeah, that that definitely was a, a, a really good comparison. So you know, uh, staying on the lines of, of of Cade Lance, do you think that Cade will will be Rookie of the Year? Because I, I gotta go out there and say it, man. I think Rookie of the Year, the way the way it, it ends up working out is it's it's all about fit, man. You know, it's not necessarily the best player; it's about situation, right? And I think that you know, uh, uh, one of the la- on the last episode uh, we did we, we did a Warriors episode, and 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 uh, I even asked Jay Jay Hill's a Warriors fan. I asked him if he would have rather drafted uh drafted Wiseman or drafted Lamelo with Lamelo winning Rookie of the Year and he just and he and he was in uh just told us that no he drafted would rather drafted Wiseman and the reason why Melo won Rookie of the Year is because he was thrown in the fire you know he was just thrown to play right away and I don't think that Cade will be thrown into the fire because there are still players like Jeremy Grant on that team there are still players who are getting paid big money that I don't think the Pistons are just gonna totally overlook so to me, I think Jalen Green might be able to pull off that rookie of the year because who else is going to shoot on the Rockets? Like, really, who else? And Jalen Green's just so offensively gifted. But to you, Lance, who do you think? Uh, will it be Cade or you got somebody else for rookie of the year? So Jalen Green, I mean, I think him and Cade are definitely the favorites going into it. I think Jalen Green will be the leading scorer of all rookies. And, yeah, that I mean, if you're the leading scorer traditionally – that usually means rookie of the year from at least when you look back at it, most rookies that lead rookies in scoring, they end up with the rookie of the year honors, but LeBron James actually won it over Carmelo Anthony. I forget what the reason was, but I think it was because they got, he got Cleveland a few more wins and got him close to the playoffs, even though Carmelo actually got the Denver Nuggets to the playoffs. Weird thing. So maybe that's a bad comparison, but I'll say this. If Cade can average like 18 points per game, 
and a few assists, a few rebounds, but the Pistons improve in the win column by say like five to seven wins. It's his, if he can come in and even if he isn't the leading scorer on the team, but if he comes in, establishes a winning culture, gets a few more wins in the win column, that to me is rookie of the year. That's more important if he can build the team up than putting a lot of points on the board. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like what you were saying about LaMelo, though, but he also, man, think about what he did for the Charlotte Hornets at the time as well. Like, they became a much better team when he was on the floor. It wasn't just him putting up stats, but he was putting guys in better positions to, I mean, he probably even earned Mile Bridges a bigger contract when his contract is up because Mile Bridges looked so much better when LaMelo Ball was playing the point guard spot for the Charlotte Hornets. So if Cade Cunningham can come in, improve, you know, improve the win column, put guys in better positions and, you know, average around 18, I think he's rookie of the year. And I, I'll say this. I really think it comes down to Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green. I think those two are going to be neck and neck for the rookie of the year honors. And I, and that's no offense to Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, or, you know, Evan Mobley, no disrespect to them. I just think it's a two person race and it's going to come down to Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I, I I definitely would agree. But you know, Lance, from 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 what you, from what you've seen so far in in Cade's game, you know, we, we know in today's NBA, you have to be paired up. You know, there's no more of that. I'm just solo trooper doing it on my own. So who do you who do you want you would you like to pair up with Cade? You you would feel free to give us a realistic option and unrealistic option that you would see paired uh, up. With oh Cade. man, so that is tough. Um, I'll say this. If Cade really is like a franchise point guard, if he comes in and, well, let me say this real quick. This is how I expect the season to go. It's going to be Killian Hayes starting at the point guard. It's going to be Cade Cunningham starting at the two initially. Then coming towards the all-star break, trade deadline, you're going to see Cade Cunningham start to run the offense, especially in the pick and rolling in the half court. You'll see more of that. Then I think at the end of the season, they're really going to start to what you were saying earlier, put K to the fire and see if he actually can be the point guard of the team. So I think towards the end of the season, you'll start seeing him play more of the point guard role. Now, if he is a true point guard, I want to see him paired up with another scorer. Like I would love to see him with a guy like Buddy Heald, a guy that can stretch the floor. And I think he averaged like 18 a game last year that I would like to see that or a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr., another guy that can get hot at any moment or even like a smaller guard like Colin Sexton, who also is another nice scorer who can play off the ball or even create for himself in the half court when, you know, the offense is stalling. So really, I would just like to see Cade with another scoring off guard. Hopefully Killian Hayes can hit a few more shots this season. And I would really love to see him with a big, athletic, bouncy center that they can just rim roll and catch lobs. I would love to see a guy like that, like a Nerlens Noel or like a Mitchell Robinson. I don't think any of those guys are realistic, but that type of player I would like to see with Cade Cunningham, another scorer and a big, bouncy seven-footer that can catch lobs. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with you exactly. Man, I have that right here on my notes that I think the Pistons need to do everything in their power to – pair Kate up with a pick and pop big a, a, a we know the nba is about pick and rolls nowadays you know so if Cade can can run the pick and roll with a big like how you said who can can roll to the hoop but Cade can also have that option of hitting back to him for a little a, a mid-range or, or even a three i think that 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 that'll be huge man 
I mean, it could be an Isaiah Stewart, but you know, I mean, we'll see how Isaiah Stewart develops. I'm super high on him. Kelly Olenek, he's going to be that pick and pop guy for sure at the five. Jeremy Grant, he'll do a little pick and pop and with him at the four spot, but really just a big bouncy seven footer that can catch lobs. That would be something awesome. I even said this before the draft, like um, just tail um, tailing off of what I was saying earlier about Cade Cunningham being the point guard. What I would have really loved to see if Cade came in and they were like, you know what? Screw it. He is the point guard. We're going to throw him to the fire. He's our number one. I would have loved to have seen the Pistons trade Killian Hayes you know, off in the offseason, try to get another lottery pick and really build this team around Cade Cunningham. I was hoping that they traded him actually to the Warriors for the seventh pick and they took James Booknight. I thought James Booknight, the way he can score, the way he can move without the ball and the way he can shoot it would have been a perfect player alongside Cade Cunningham. But obviously it didn't happen. We'll see what him and Killian Hayes can do. But again, to answer your question, a big bouncy seven footer that can roll to the rim and, um, you know, you know, shoot the three a little bit. That'd be cool too. You know, wishful <laughs> yeah. thinking though. <laughs> and that and 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 you you talking about Killian Hayes and and Cade that actually leads me to my to, to my next point, Lance. Do you think that there will be any um, tri- uh, I I would say like it would just make it hard to either focus on Killian Hayes's development or Cade's development. I I, I don't. I don't know if the Pistons are going to try to be picking and choosing. You know, you know what I'm saying. And in the long term, that's only going to hurt. Cade's uh, uh, development because you know they're giving a little time to Cade, giving a little time to Killian, and then neither is able to really uh, uh, get, make the mistakes that you know because you need to make mistakes. The rookies they need to go out there and make mistakes, but if they're trying to split the time between K- uh, Cade and Killian, I I feel that that might be able to lead some to, some troubles. How do you feel about that as a Pistons fan? So I think this upcoming season, I I think it's going to be like a trial and error thing, kind of like what you're saying. I think early on, we're going to see Killian and Cade try to make it work out just like they were in summer league. The problem is, though, when you have a guy like Cade Cunningham who can score, who can facilitate, who can run a team, when he can do all those things, when you're primarily playing him off the ball and asking him to score, you're losing those beautiful parts of his game, which is facilitating. Then with Killian Hayes, his best strengths are being able to run an offense and set guys up. Like his, The way he sees the floor and the way he sets guys up it is, it is truly like, it, it, it's up onto another level. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's really up there. He sees the game differently than a lot of other point guards, just by the way he sets guys up. So I don't know. I, I ultimately don't think the fit works. I think one of them will get traded. It's probably going to be Killian just because Cade's game is really, it's a little bit more advanced than Killian's right now because Killian really struggles shooting the three-point shot and doesn't always look for his shot when he gets into the lane. Hopefully that changes. Defensively, they look great. I mean, they're going to cause some nightmares this year. But ultimately, I think you're right. I think it comes down to you got to pick one of the two. We'll see how it works out. I, I'm hoping for the best. But again, I don't want to I don't want to see Killian stand in the corner and shoot threes and not be able to play, make, and set guys up. And I just don't want to see Cade Cunningham as a scorer and not being able to set guys up either, if that makes sense. I know there's a lot of possessions in basketball, but you it's kind of like when the Eagles were trying to flip Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? You can't get into a rhythm that way. So I think either they make it work and guys have to adjust their games to play with each other or one of them's out the door towards the end of the season. Okay, okay. Yeah, early on, I, I definitely agree that that would be something they have to look at and see if that's going to work, especially up until the deadline. 
because we've seen a lot of teams, especially with the young backcourt, one of those examples being, you know, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in a similar situation there in Cleveland. Two guards, one's more of a scorer in Colin Sexton, and then Darius Garland's more of a traditional point guard, as is uh, would be, you know, um, uh, Killian. So I'm interested to see what ha- will happen there. So a question I have for you, Lance, though, is, I mean, you guys made some some additions, kind of small in free agency. Uh, obviously, Kelly Olenek, you know, headlining that class of free agency. Trey Lyles and then Sabian Lee, keeping him in Detroit. And then obviously re-signing uh, Hamadou Diallo last week to a two-year contract. So what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on free agency and, and kind of is there a big addition that you, you highlighted and, and kind of talk about your thoughts on that? So I love the Kelly Olenek sign. I really like all the signings, I'll be honest. Like, there's not a signing that I hated. I love the Kelly Olenek one because either you have – when either you have Cade or Killian in playing point guard, you can have four guys spreading the floor for them just to create and wreak havoc by, you know, making moves and getting into the lane. And it's going to create a lot of space for those two to operate. So I love the Kelly Olenek. He's a lot like Mason Plumley, probably not the same athlete, but he can still run that pick and roll. He's a good communicator. You can still play him in the high post where he can facilitate a little bit. I mean, Mason Plumley got his first triple-double in Detroit in his career. I mean, his passing was phenomenal. There's a reason we call him one of the top five point centers in the NBA. Well, at least I call him that. But um, he, uh, I like the Kelly Olenek signing. I actually really like the Trey Lyle signing as well. I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. But he's a guy that's been in the league for a number of years. He knows his role. He's not going to pout sitting on the bench. He's not going to be upset that he's not starting and getting big minutes. He's here to play a role and then when he comes in, do his job when it's asked upon him. I really love that signing. I'm glad that they brought Saban Lee back. That dude is an electric point guard off the bench. His shot still has a little hitch in it when he shoots, but – He's shooting the three-point with a lot more confidence. He's getting to the lane. He just looks faster and bigger. Maybe summer league, you know, maybe I'm looking at him with some rose-colored glass or something because he just looked so much better in, in summer league. Hopefully that carries over into the season. And then we ju- the Pistons just re-signed Hamidou Diallo. You know, I mean, he's an athletic wing. He can play defense. He struggles shooting, but... You know, I mean, again, that's another guy that you can put in at the two, playing with Killian or Cade. He's going to make hard cuts to the basket. They're going to find him. He's not someone that's going to complain that he's not getting a lot of shots because, you know, you're going to have to find him because he cuts so well to the basket. But also, he's just a standout defender. So, I really love all the signings. I'm even glad they brought Corey Joseph and Ronnie Magruder back. You need those veterans on the bench as well. So, yeah, I really love just love the offseason for the Pistons. I didn't expect – Big names coming to Detroit just yet, but getting Kellen Olenek in the role he can play and bringing his skill set to the, to diversify that lineup and what he can do with Killing Hayes and Cade Cunningham potentially, yeah, it's uh, it was a big signing. I really I really liked it. Yeah, Lance, you know, uh, for me personally, like, I, I really, really thought that Kelly Olenek signing was great because, you know, like how we mentioned earlier, we need to 
the NBA is a pick and roll league, whether you're picking and popping or whether you're picking and rolling that, that like, that is how almost every offense is start. And like how he said, we need to pair up Cade with a pick and pop big, or like how you said, a a pick and roll big, a a big that can, you know, can have, can have the lob threat and, you know, Kelly Linick isn't the first option, but we'll take them, you know, we'll take them. We we got, we got to start somewhere. I I think that, I think that a great option that is actually still available would be Lloyd marketing. I know his, his asking price, is a bit high, but that could be a, a good pick and pop big. Uh, just on the defense end, would just kind of uh, g- uh, give a little bit of struggles. Uh, I also like Chris Boucher from the uh, from the Raptors. A good another another pick and pop big who can who could shoot, which I think would be good, you know, to uh, to pair up with. But you know, Kelly Olynyk will cut it for now, which is why I think that you know that was by far my my, my favorite uh, uh, free agent signing. But Lance, let me ask you. You know, I know there aren't many free agents left you know like free agency you know and we know we know that as nba fans it goes the first three days the star players really go and then Kawhi leonard goes like the seventh day because he's just that's Kawhi. but but it lands to you what are some free agent targets that you want to see over there in detroit so free agent targets are we talking for next um season because right now they got 16 guys that are on the roster they're gonna have to eventually cut someone to make room for 15 but i'm um, heading into next I'm going to be very generic with this, but just more shooting. Like, I I feel like you can, you always need more shooting. Like you can't have enough shooting on a team. So I just, next year, I expect them to be more players in free agency. And then I'm not saying like the player pool being deeper, but I'm just saying the Pistons in general being bigger players in free agency next off season. So I just really want to see them target some shooters, potentially another playmaking guard they can bring off the bench someone that can create their own shot and really just a bouncy big, I would have to see the names, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm looking for in the off season, more shooting guys that can create for themselves when Cater Killian are shooting and just some bouncy bigs that can go get like Chris Boucher. That was a great name drop. I didn't even know, like, I, I completely forgot about that guy. He can shoot threes. He can rim roll and he can block shots. That guy is incredible. I would love to see him in Detroit. Just guys like that though, that type of archetype, that um can fit right in and they got to be good culture guys, man. Like I don't want any, you know, babies in Detroit, man. I'm tired of seeing overpriced guys just come in for a contract in Detroit. Just want to see some guys with good attitudes coming to establish the culture and then knowing their roles. That's what I want to see in Detroit in the next couple of seasons. Kind of speaking of uh, uh, on that theme, uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on the Blake Griffin and how he left and, and going to, to the Nets? Cause I know that that's can, can, rub the the Pistons fans the wrong way and I want to hear from a Pistons fan like yourself what you got what you think about that okay I was I was pissed off I was so pissed off when I can I swear on this podcast <laughs> yeah go ahead okay go yeah, ahead. dude fuck like Griffin so I just <laughs> dude I was so mad at him and I might be one of the only Pistons fans like my co-host he's like no man he gave us 13 million dollars back I'm like Dude, who gives a damn? I don't care about the 13 million. I care how that dude played when he went to Brooklyn. I get it. I totally get it. But when he was in Detroit, especially that final season, it was a lot of shooting threes. It didn't even look like the dude could move. You know, like it didn't look like he could do anything on a basketball court. Yeah, he took a few chargers. That was pretty cool. I get that he wanted to go on to a different team. But, man, I watched that first game when they played against the Washington Wizards. And that motherfucker locked up Bradley Beal for a couple plays. And I'm thinking, where the fuck was that? Like, where was that? Like, where was that energy? Where was that mobility? 
what was going on? And people are like, well, you know, he's playing on a better team. They're opening up. I'm like, no, no, not even the offense. I don't care about the dunks. I care about him locking up Bradley Beal, like one of the top scorers in the NBA. He put the clamps on him on a few possessions, and he wasn't even wearing the knee brace in Brooklyn. It, Dude, it blew my mind. I was so pissed off, man. I watched him recently on Hot Ones. It's like a two-year episode. And I, I just remember thinking, man, I, 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 man, I wish you put some of that hot sauce in your eyes, man, just for a second. Like, I want to see you in pain just a little bit, Blake Griffin. That's how mad I was when he left Detroit. And then he comes back to Detroit and dunks on, I think it might have been like Mason Plumley or something like that. Then he looks at the bench and everything. And I'm just thinking, man, I want to see Isaiah Stewart give him an elbow, which he did, which was great. And yeah, Blake Griffin, he's probably an enemy. I hope, I hope Brooklyn never wins a ring when he's on the team. I'm going to say that, that, that it, it runs deep for me. It runs deep. And I used to love the Nets when I was a kid, Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, Kenyon Martin, Richard Jefferson going to the finals. I love that team. Now I got nothing but hate. So yeah, Blake Griffin pissed me off for sure. I feel that man. I, I've never been a big fan of Blake either, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, Lance, you know, uh, well, this, this guy isn't a free agent target, but I have to, th- I have to throw this name out there because, you know, as I'm, uh, as I'm looking, as I was looking at the roster, because, you know, I'm, I'm NBA junkie. I love the NBA. So I'm, I'm pretty well versed in NBA, but, you know, before these interviews, I do, I like to just to, to look at the roster. And one thing that I really notice is that, you know, the Pistons are really missing, a true big man bully presence. You know, you guys have Isaiah Stewart, uh, you have Jaleel Okafor, but I'm going to be real to you, Lance, those two guys aren't going to cut it. You know, Isaiah Stewart's like 20. He's, he has a lot of potential, but he's like 20. I don't think he's going to cut it. Jaleel Okafor just hasn't planned panned out to be, you know, what we thought Jaleel Okafor was going to be. So, you know what I say? This guy's stock is very low because, you know, he's been through some injuries. He's been through, you know, teams that drug him through the, through, the, through the mud. But I think that you guys could – make a package for a DeMarcus Cousins. I think a DeMarcus Cousins would be a good big for you guys because that would that would provide you guys a real bully a real big man bully presence down low which would which opens up the paint you know like let's let like let's look at Shaq and Kobe you know the biggest reason that Kobe was able to get to the hoop is because I mean fucking Shaq right there I mean you you have to like you have to account for him right you have to like box him out you have to be there and that just opens up the lane you know a lot and that will allow players like Cade, like like Jeremy Grant, and really most of the guards, Killian Hayes, to be able to be able to get to the hoop. And not only Demarcus Cousins, he's a ten year vet. You know, something you touched on earlier, Lance. You were you were happy that you guys brought back Corey Joseph, and like Corey Joseph is the oldest player you guys have at thirty years old, and you guys barely brought him back, man. So you know, like I think that Demarcus Cousins, a ten year vet. Will be a veteran, be a presence, will be a big man. I think that that would be great over there in uh, in Detroit. But to you, Lance, to you, Lance, you no. Know, do you uh, any trades? Any trades that you know you would want to see? Of, of course, you know Giannis or LeBron. But like any trades that you want to see that you think would work out over there. So yeah, we were actually a lot of like a lot of Pistons Twitter wanted Demarcus Cousins last off season on like a one-year prove it deal you know like I mean he still has game he definitely does but I think the emergence of Isaiah Stewart the way he played as a rookie I mean he made all rookie second team he brings that toughness his game is constantly evolving he was able to shoot the three last year he's able to put the ball on the ground a little bit he even tried to force a couple nice passes I didn't even think he saw the player there but yeah like Isaiah Stewart very high on him to Marcus Cousins I would I would have loved to have seen him in Detroit at some point. Now I'm just kind of like, yeah, he can play that bully ball. He still has a little bit of offensive game, but 
you know, if he's just here to take up a roster spot and that takes away minutes from some of the young guys, I don't want him in Detroit. As for trades, ooh, yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, bringing in a guy like Buddy Heald would be kind of cool. Like, I know we got a plethora of guards, but just bringing in a guy that can be a sniper on the perimeter, that can hit the open shot, can, you know, create a little for himself. A guy like that, I've been, that's kind of like the whole repeat, the theme that I'm bringing to this podcast is I got an archetype in my mind and, you know, I want to see more shooting. And if there are trades that they're going to make, I want to see them bring in more shooting at all positions, not just, you know, at the two guard. I want to see these this floor being opened up for Cade Cunningham, for Killian Hayes, for a Sadiq Bay, for an Isaiah Stewart. I just want to see this team build around those guys in the right way. But I don't see them making too many trades um, this season. I mean, I know that there's a rumor going around that they might trade Seku potentially for a second round pick. That might honestly be the only thing, only trade they make. I would be shocked and surprised. Well, I mean, let me take that back. He did trade DeLon Wright last year for Corey Joseph in a couple second round picks. Troy Weaver, the dude's a mastermind when it comes to talking to guys on the phone and wheeling and dealing. So we'll see what he does. But as of right now, I I don't see too many trades for the Pistons this upcoming season. Sure. And then on that topic of big men and, and kind of departure. So strolling down memory lane for you, what were your thoughts on Christian Wood and his exit last, last off season? And, and do you wish they kept him, you know, money not being an issue, obviously that there was a bit of that concern, but what what are your thoughts about Christian Wood and would you like to see him on the current roster? Or do you think it was time for him to go? So, man, I was big on Christian Wood. And I still am. I've got nothing but respect for that guy. He's definitely an offensive player. But I think if the Pistons had kept him, we would have been getting a few more years, just like we did with Andre Drummond as one of the main guys. Like, we would have been in that purgatory, would have been flirting with the playoffs a few times, but ultimately not making it. Maybe we got a taste of the playoffs. I don't know. But I do think the direction they headed in by trading him was ultimately better for the Pistons because Christian Wood, he's he's a good player. Like I think he averaged 25 and nine somewhere around there for the Houston Rockets this past season. But he's one of those guys where the stats in his play style doesn't translate to wins. You can go look back and you can check. He has a losing record as a starter. Now, he hasn't been on the best teams But I think that says a lot about the guy where he can put up buckets, he can get you rebounds, he can block a few shots, but it ultimately doesn't mean anything, you know? So I would have loved to have seen him in Detroit in a smaller role, you know, maybe averaging around 17, 18 a game, getting rebounds, defending the rim, but playing as like a third option in Detroit. That would have been cool, but I don't know if that's his makeup to sacrifice for a, uh, you know, for the better of the team. I don't know if that is. I have no insight on that or anything. That's just me speculating. But, yeah, I'm happy for Christian Wood. I'm happy that he got what he wanted. I mean, without him being traded, we don't bring in Isaiah Stewart, you know? Like, I mean, we don't get him. So, I mean, someone had to be sacrificed for the greater good, and, yeah, it was Christian Wood. But I I really am rooting for the guy. Hopefully, you know, they can win something in Houston. Hopefully not against Detroit because I don't want to see Jalen Green win too much when he's there. But uh, he's on that list, too. I'm going to be honest with you. Blake Griffin, Jalen Green, number two. And – yeah, no, back to Christian Wood. I just hope the best for him, but I just – I think he had to go in order for the better of this team, man. So, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, Lance. So, you know, I I, I know he I know you're new here on Clutch Talk, but there's a, there's a tradition we got here on Clutch Talk, man. I, I, I'm always, you know, 
every episode, I'm always due for at least one hot take. You know, at least I throw one hot take out there. So here is my hot take for, for, for this episode, Lance. Lance, man, I don't think Jeremy Grant is really a number one guy on a championship team. I, I like I don't I don't see him being the number one guy. I don't know if he can really be a number one guy on a and if you're not trying to win a championship, then what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And what are you doing? So is he a number one guy to you? So uh that's so tough. Like he, I don't think he's actually a number one either, to be perfectly honest with you. I love him as like a number two, but I even really love him as like the third option on a team. I'm just glad that his offensive game is starting to round out. So when Cade Cunningham and hopefully Killian Hayes, you know, start to pan out and Sadiq Bay starts to take that role, he can kind of take a back seat to those guys. He's a good player. The problem is he gets real hot early on, but then in like the second half, he just kind of, you kind of forget about him a little bit on the court. So I don't think he's a true number one. I think he's a guy that you can, count on to get you a bucket here and there. I think in a third role, like he's a guy that he's probably better as like a 15 to 17 point score at best, just where he can play defense and do a little bit of playmaking for him. And yeah, that's, uh, that's all I see from, him. I don't really, I agree with you. I don't see him as a number one and yeah, that's my daughter popping in. So uh, it's beautiful. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. beautiful. <laughs> So, yeah, but again, to answer your question, I don't see him as a number one either. I think that's a great take, by the way, as well. So, yeah, man, I, I, I um, you know, and, and and tell me if I'm wrong, you know, so I, 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 I am a. I'm, I'm huge into the NBA. I try to watch every single game, but you know, I'm at least me. I'm over here in Cal- California. So I'm so it's time. It's hard. Sometimes I can't catch. Uh, a game, you know, a, a, a Detroit game or a game that's going on. So I, the, the games that I have seen Jeremy Grant, what I've, what I've happened to see is that I don't know if Jeremy Grant can really be effective off ball. You know, he's, he's way more of a, a, a on ball type type player. So do you, do you, do you, cause you talk about killing uh, Kate Cunningham and Killian Hayes starting, you know, to grow up and, and coming to their, to the, to their own. Do you trust Jeremy, Jeremy Grant playing more off ball you know, as, as Killing Hayes and, and Kate start to take more on-ball duties. Oh, yeah. I think he's even better in that role. Like, when he was with uh, – that was what was so great about him coming to Detroit because as that role player in Denver, he didn't get a lot of shots. So he had to learn to pick his shots to get the most efficient shot he could. And if you – yeah, it stinks that you don't get to watch the Pistons too much because he's really good at moving without the ball. He's one of those guys that can find those creases in those holes in the defense and then quickly get the ball off. Like he's so good at moving without the ball. And I think Killian Hayes or in, in Cade Cunningham, like being more primary ball handlers, that's going to actually help Jeremy Grant's game even more to get open looks. Like they're going to take a lot of pressure off of him and he's going to look a lot better. Like his, I expect his efficiency to go through the roof with those two on the floor, creating plays for him. Now, Jeremy Grant just has to buy in, probably get his conditioning up, probably start playing like Rip Hamilton a little bit more, maybe take one of those type of classes. But yeah, I I really love Jeremy Grant off the ball and I think it's going to be that much better. And now that he has that ability to take over and create for himself when that's in his bag, Man, he's just going to be one better player going into next season. Man, yeah, he 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 he, re- he really will be if he can he get that. But uh, Lance, uh, let me l- let me ask you here, Lance. Uh, I, I need you to do me a favor here because you know, I, like I told you, I haven't I, I you know I haven't been able to watch every Pistons game, but I'm an NBA junkie, man. I try I, I get to every single game at least to 
I get to at least five to six games for every team every single year. So I know about the the players that the rest of the world doesn't know about. You know, I know the of course the Pistons don't get enough nationally televised games. And I know I and but I but I know you over there in Michigan, you watching them. So Lance, let me ask you to do me a favor. Can you please wake up the world about Sadiq Bay? Sadiq Bay is so damn good. He don't get his respect that he deserves. So can you please wake the world up about Sadiq Bay, Lance? Dude, he is man, so he's good. Gonna, he's so good. He man, for people that don't know, he actually broke the rookie three-point record, not for total three-pointers made. I believe he would have broke that if there was another 10 games, but he broke the record for most games with five or more three-pointers and four more three-pointers. I believe he had 14 games where he had four or more three-pointers and 10 games where he had five or more. He, when he gets going, Dude, it never looks like he's going to miss. His shot is kind of funky, but, man, it goes in every single time. And now, during Summer League, they were actually letting him put the ball on the floor. And he's actually sneaky, a sneaky good player at driving and getting to the hoop. And he's very he's actually a lot more athletic than I thought. He will throw it down on you. For people that are sleeping on him, I'll give you one name that you can compare him to, and it's Danny Granger in Indiana. Like, I know it's kind of crazy, but that was a guy that you could put you know, at the three or the four offensively, he could get his shot off anybody. That guy averaged 25 in the NBA. He was like a two-time all-star for the Pacers. Their games are very similar. They got the very the same type of build. You know, most people look at him and think, all right, this guy's not very athletic. He's more of just a spot-up shooter. And then they blow right by you. Sadiq Bey, that is a guy to watch for this upcoming season. And yes, he is slept on. Like, Anytime I see young guys that are about to break out, he's never on the list. And I'm telling you, he's going to up his scoring big time this year. He's 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 part of the core. Like, I mean, that he's a player for Detroit in any team in the NBA, whether you're a contender or not a contender, you would love to have a Sadiq Bey on your team. And I'm very thankful that the Pistons got him at 19 last year, which is un- insane that that many teams passed on him. And yeah, man, he he's going to light the basketball world on fire. There's a reason they brought him up to the, you know, the, the team USA, the national team, when a couple guys went down. Unfortunately, he didn't get to win the gold with the rest of the guys, but he was brought up for a reason. Like if Greg Popovich sees something in you, yeah, you're a good player. Yeah, I, I I just I just want to put this out there, Lance. When we did our uh, uh like rookie of the years prediction and all that last year, I had Sadiq Bay my third spot. Actually, my fourth spot. I had I had I had Lamelo, I had Ed Edwards, and I had Tyrese Halliburton. Then I had Sadiq Bay. Man, I'm not sleeping on Sadiq. I know he's for real, man. That's a so, great list, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you. So you know, and, and, you know, as as we start to uh, wrap up here, Lance, you know, two two questions that we like to ask here at the end is is Lance, you know, I know you don't want last again. I know you know you don't want twenty and fifty two. Uh, where where can you predict that, that you guys will will land? You know, uh, this next year, you know, with the new team with Cade and all these new additions. All right, so Caesars Sportsbook has the Pistons at twenty five and a half for the win total. So it's around twenty six wins they expect. DraftKings, I believe, has us around twenty four and a half. I think the Pistons. I think their floor for wins this year is 28. I think the ceiling is 32. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but this is still a really young team. Guys are still trying to figure out their games. There's going to be some tough spots early on in the season where we're going to see how all these guys gel in, if they gel together going forward. But, yeah, I think the Pistons, man, 
I'm going to punch the over when I go and put money down. I'm putting it over 25 and a half wins. I think they get in at 28. I think they flirt with the play-in game at some point, but ultimately lose out and still somehow get a top 10 pick. There's a couple guys that are coming out next year that I would love to see in a Pistons uniform. So maybe the basketball gods bless the Pistons one more time. We'll see. But yeah, I don't expect a lot. I think it's going to be another fun season. It's going to be competitive. There's going to be a, like a steep learning curve for these guys. But ultimately, I think they they get into either the high 20s, low 30s for wins this upcoming season. Okay. Okay. I, I, I like that. And and what and what what's one word? Uh, you know, one thing we like to do here at the end, Lance, is we like to, you know, if you could give us one word or one phrase to describe how you felt about this past season, you know, this, this 20 and 52 season, and then one word or one phrase to describe how you're feeling about this next upcoming season that you got coming up. And one word to describe or last, a phrase or a phrase. So I'll, I'll say this one word. I've used it a lot on this podcast. Blessed for last season. Blessed. Because like that. we got a competitive tanking. We got a great GM in Troy Weaver that did make a, like, you know, people were scratching their heads at a couple of his moves, but he cleared the books. He got Blake Griffin off the books. That's a huge, that's a lot of money coming to the Pistons next offseason. He got three guys, four guys last year. One of them in the top 10. They got a, He drafted another guy at 16, another guy at 19, Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bey. They both, if you were to redraft that draft right now, they both be in the top 10. He got both those guys outside of the lottery. He got Saban Lee, who looked like he could have been a late first round pick. So blessed is the word I would use for last season. And then this upcoming season, a phrase ooh, or a word to use for this upcoming season. Um, I'm going to go with difficult just because there's a lot of new faces in Detroit. There's some familiar ones. There's a lot of young players, a lot of pieces to the puzzle. We don't know how they're going to fit. It's like, like I said, it's going to be a steep learning curve. And, you know, there's going to be some difficult decisions going forward, you know, towards the end of the season that Pistons fans may not like, but hopefully, you know, is better for the team going down the line. So I'll use difficult for this upcoming. As of right now, I think the season will be difficult. Best way to describe this upcoming season. Okay, I, I I like those two a lot, Lance. I like blessed and difficult, man. I like that. So uh, so so uh, Lance. Uh, again, we know we we, we want to thank you very much here. And uh, as we know, we're 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 wrapping up here. We have this closing segment here. We like to do our clutch talk called Guess the Player. This is how Guess the Player works, Lance. Uh, I have five players here listed. Uh, I have a couple of their accolades, things that things that they were known for, uh, things that they were famously known for, and then you and Jay Hill. Both are gonna uh, both can guess. You guys both each have two guesses. Feel free to blurt them out as right away on the first hint if I if if you want to, but you only have two, so you gotta use them wisely. You got it, Lance? Yeah, I got it. I got it. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. So, first player we have here, guys. He is a five-time champion. He is a three-time finals MVP. LeBron. No. Tim Duncan. No. Dang. Five-time champion, three-time regular season MVP or finals MVP? He's a three-time finals MVP, and then he's a three-time NBA MVP, regular season MVP. Wow. Who is that? Wow. Wait, Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. No, not Shaq. Yeah, he only won one regular season MVP. That's right. (laughs) Saying it. Okay, you ready? He's a one-time gold medalist. He's a four-time NBA assist leader, two-time NBA steals leader, 
A 12-time All-Star. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Two-time All-Star Game MVP. Oh, man. Um... Oh, Magic. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Magic Dude. Johnson. I was thinking yes, of Lakers, too, man. Dang. <laughs> wow, that's right. a good one. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Next player. Next player. Hey, Lance, I'm expecting big things from you on this player, okay, Lance? Yep, I'm expecting yep, yep. big things. All right. So this guy, he played for three different teams. He's a one-time NBA champion. His jersey is retired by the team he played for. He's a one-time gold medalist, a one-time NCAA champion, a one-time three-point percentage leader. Oh, Rip Hamilton. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There you go, Lance. There you go. I see you, Lance. I see you. (laughs) Rip. And I love that you dropped the yes, sir, afterwards, because he would always say that. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, Rip Hamilton for sure. I forgot that he only played for three teams. But, yeah, those are some good clues. I'm glad I got that one. There you go. Uh, Rip Hamilton played for the uh, the the Pistons, the Bulls, and the. Mm, let me see here. I just I just had it. But he started with the Pistons. Was that he started right? with right. he started with the Pistons. No, he started with the Washington Wizards. He was drafted, right. I think, like and then ninth the Bulls. overall. No, then he got traded to the Pistons. It was actually September 11th of 2001 from one of my personal favorite players, Jerry Stackhouse. I was like 11 years old at the time. My mom bought me a Jerry Stackhouse jersey. And the reason I knew I got that for my birthday was because we were listening to the news on the radio in the car. And they're like, yeah, the Pistons made a big trade. They traded all-star Jerry Stackhouse. My mom was like, damn, I just bought it. And I'm like, I got a jersey. Sweet. So, yeah. And then he played for the Pistons after that. And then he actually signed or got traded to the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one very vividly. So, yeah, yeah, that was... All right, all right, here we go. Next player, next player here. This guy, he's currently playing. He's still playing right now. He's a three-time scoring champion, a one-time NBA assist leader, a nine-time All-Star, a two-time gold medalist, a one-time MVP, and a one-time six-man of the year. Oh, James Harden. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Lance, my, my my next my next hint was gonna be you and J- you and him share the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Oh, that's right. awesome. I like this game. I, this is cool. Yeah. All right, here we go. Two more players. Two more players here. This guy is also currently playing. He's a one-time NBA champion, a five-time All-Star. A one-time All-Star Game MVP, a three-time All-NBA First Team member, a two-time NBA MVP. Oh, Giannis! Giannis! Yes, sir! Yes, yes sir! Lance, Lance is on fire today. Lance, yeah. I see you. <laughs> Dude, that first question though, man. Ah, now wish I would have got that. I want to be four and zero, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right here we go here we go the lance you, you could get it on this last one here's last player here all right, all right. Here we go this guy is a five-time all nba first team member 
a two-time block leader, an eight-time all-star, a one-time NBA champion, a one-time – what was that? Hakeem? No. I don't know. A one-time all-NBA defense second team, a five-times NBA rebound leader, a three-time defensive player of the year. Ben Wallace. Alonzo no. Mourning. No. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You, hey, Lance, you still got one? I, I still got another hint. You ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a slam dunk champion. Slam dunk champion. So he was a three-time defensive player of the year and a slam dunk champion. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. I wonder who that is. Hang on. I know he has, this. He has a nickname that a player in the past had the same exact nickname, and he had and he had a they beefed about it. Oh, Dwight Howard. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, okay. Sir. Okay. Okay. Oh, I knew it. I was Dwight. <laughs> there I you was, go. I was trying to think of like a guard that had done that because you know guards like they you know they usually with the perimeter players they win the dunk contest. Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking like. Who would that have been? But man, Dwight Howard, yeah, that's a good one, man. I really thought it would be Alonzo Morning. I thought that's the route you were going, but no, man, Dwight Howard, that's a great name drop as well, too. Definitely, yeah. man, definitely, man. So I, th- I think this is this is a good place for us to go ahead and start and start to uh, wrap it up here, Lance, man. Once again, we want to thank you very, very much for uh, for coming on here and. Ble- honestly blessing us with your knowledge man you know we've been along the lines of the word blessed throughout this whole pod so let's just keep with that man so thank you for coming on here man blessings with your knowledge you're very very knowledgeable uh pistons fan man so you got to give yourself the credit lance got to give yourself that credit so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you have any last words you want to say here before you oh, sign my- out let me just say, I really want to say thank you for letting me on this podcast. I don't get to be a lot of guests on people's. I think it's because I don't really know why, but who knows. But thank you for letting me on this podcast. Um, anytime you need someone to come on, I'm more than happy to do it. And thank you for not asking me any questions about Seiko Demboye. Because, like, that will get people going. Like, you can't say nothing about that kid without people getting upset. But, yeah, thank you again for letting me on this podcast. I had a lot of fun. Great meeting both of you. The game was a lot of fun. And I'm just glad I got to bless the podcast with my Pistons knowledge. And for people listening, um, follow me on Twitter, at Lance Follow the Everything Pistons Twitter account that's ran by my co-host. He's a little controversial, but he's fun. And then check out the Everything Pistons podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, sir, man. And for all, all the fans that are, are are listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, Lance's Instagram, Twitter, all of his podcasts, his at name right there, right in his little bubble, man. So for all you guys that are watching, make sure you guys go show him some love, man. As, as you guys see, Lance has got a lot to talk about, man. So make sure you guys go, 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 uh, go check him out, man. And Jay Hill, you got any last words uh, for Lance and uh, the Pistons fans? Nah, Lance, appreciate you coming on, sharing your uh, Pistons knowledge, Detroit basketball. I'm excited to see what Kate does there in uh, this season. So, so yeah, no, looking forward to it. Yes, same, sir, same, man. man. Looking forward to this uh, to this great season, man. It's a lot to come over there from Detroit. So again, man, Lance, we we appreciate you, and for all the all the fans at home, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, Spotify, wherever you're at, man, make sure you uh, leave us a ranking, man. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, uh, our and follow our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok. It's at Clutch Talk One for everyone listening. Again, that's at Clutch Talk One. I'll put that right here in my little bubble, man. So if all that's out the way, man, Lance, thank you very much, and. We out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Peace. 
after you take Brandy to the prom, you coming back to school with shades on your head. Literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day. Me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts, nobody helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.